Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion. It's a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Eh, watching the football game on your phone while we're supposed to be recording. Uh, not while we're supposed to. We are. Yeah, but I feel like I am and you're not. You're supposed no, no, to be recording, I'm but you're here. watching the game. I'm, no, you're I'm watching present. the game. I'm present. Okay, I can do two things at once. It's not even the Bears. That's why like, I would excuse it if it was a Chicago team. You're not even... No, I wanted to see this game. Okay, who's playing? Uh, well, it's Packers and Buccaneers. Okay. Why would you want to watch the Packers? Uh, well, because it's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Okay, so Okay, so who do you want to win? Um, well, never Packers. Yeah, okay. As long as we're fine. Yeah. All right. I was getting all stressed out for a second. Are we gonna fight? I got. You know, we've, we've been. It's been like three days. We haven't fought in like three days. I mean, it's pretty good. I want to keep and, that going. You know, this is a pretty nice long stretch. You know for us. what? It's pretty. It's getting kind of boring, actually. <laughs> yeah, I feel like our relationship has gotten stagnant. Well, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll fight in this bonus episode because we really haven't talked about this. Mm. But um, an article came out at um, the Gospel Coalition called Two Things to Consider Before Moving Out of the City," mm-hmm. and this is written by a guy named John Stark. Starky Stark. I know John. I think John knows me. At least maybe we're fit, we're Twitter buds, and we've we've said a couple things okay. here and there. Okay. Um, but I know John. I like John, you, you know you know about John. I mean, I don't think you've hung out with him or anything. But you know, John's John's a good guy. Yeah, I have no idea about John. You know, he's one of those super elite Manhattan hoity-toity pastors. You know, oh, oh, one oh, of those. Oh my. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, John. Um, so uh, his article is um, it's triggered some people. It's triggered some people. Like people have responded to this article. Some have responded well. Some have been alarmed by mm-hmm. it. Um, Why? What is triggering about it? I guess because I, I read the article, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I disagree with a number of things, uh, and actually agree with a few things. And we under and, and we have a pretty good idea of where he's coming from because we are pastors, so we understand yeah. how he's feeling. And so maybe too. maybe it's unfair. I mean, I I told Joe, I'm like, yeah, you know, I feel like. Uh, Pastor John is coming from a place of hurt and fear, like he's writing from a place of hurt and fear. I mean, uh, it's it's never great that people are leaving. It's mm-hmm. never wonderful to see them. Well, yeah. uh, well, depends uh, on every who it is. Every once in a while, every once in a while, everyone's like, like "Bye, Felicia." <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Pastor. We think about leaving. Really? Mm. Do you need me to pay for moving? Yeah, I'll make it <laughs> easy for you. So it, that it, that is a hard thing, and so. It's a short article, so we just want to kind of go through it and, and talk about it and share some of our mm-hmm. pushback here. Um, well, hold on. And yeah. secondly, I said fear. Oh, yeah. And I think because of COVID, uh, I do mm-hmm. think there's a lot of pastors that are discouraged, uh, unsure, oh, uncertain. Yeah. Quitting. Uh, quitting. Yep. W- what's going to happen uh, to the church mm-hmm. post-COVID, right? How many right. families have left? Mm-hmm. Uh, giving might be down. Like, where's my family going to be at, uh, at the end of this? And so right. I do think Pastor John's maybe, uh, and, and I don't know him. You know him. I don't know I really him, know. and I never we asked know, him. You know. um, but he, I, I, I kind of read into this, and maybe it's maybe I'm projecting my own feelings, but I, I, I could kind of read into it some hurt and some fear. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't think that's unfair. And maybe, maybe he would say, well, no, I'm not afraid or whatever. But yeah, I think that um, we're all, I think we're sensitive to the, to these issues as pastors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about it here. We've lost some families during this season mm-hmm. um, and it, it's hard, you know, it hurts because you love these people, you know, you, you, you invest in these people, you believe yep. in these people and then they move and it's we God, we want God to bless them as they go for whatever reason. All right. So uh, in the beginning here of this article, John says, 
In recent weeks, I've seen a number of headlines in newspapers, magazines, and my Twitter feed proclaiming cities like New York dead and the age of the megacity over. And the biggest driver for these predictions is the seeming exodus from urban centers to the more spacious suburban and even rural corners of America. And um, so they're, they're, they're seeing people move in the spacious suburban and rural corners. Um, and I just want to say, like, there's been a lot of talk of people leaving generally Democrat-ruled major cities yeah. um, and states for more conservative-run more conservative run, uh, cities and states because there are less taxes. There is, uh, they would say, more freedom. But um, mm-hmm. there's, uh, there is more space oftentimes. So like when you see people leaving uh, California in particular, but California, New York, um, it's, it's not that they're just like, oh, we just want to go to a place that's more comfortable. There are a whole host of issues that get into it politically, socially, morally mm-hmm. that are driving this. So I, and, I, and let's even say not even politically. Um, well, that's definitely a part of it. Well, yeah, but I'm saying let's just say it's not, even, it's not only politically, mm-hmm. right? Well, all right, if COVID is real. And it's a really, bro. Really, it's Bing Bong texting me. Really, tell Bonger I said hi. Okay. Uh, if COVID is real, right? Um, then of course you're going to want to leave the urban centers where it's densely populated. Yeah. If, if so, you... let's give these people the benefit of the doubt that they want to stay COVID free. <laughs> they're trying to create space for everybody. Yeah. But by them going to a place with more space, they're making more space where they were. That's very sacrificial and loving of them. <laughs> All right. So, uh, John says, I read these articles with interest because I pastor a church in Manhattan, and some of those existing exiting the city um, have been part of our church. And I've performed their weddings, baptized mm-hmm. them, and celebrated their pregnancies. And now I'm only able to see Instagram posts of their new baby. And there's the hurt. Yep, Continue. that hurts. That does yep. hurt. That it stinks, does hurt. man. Yep. Um, many of our friends didn't leave for consumeristic or privileged reasons, but because they worked in industries like service or performance yeah. uh, that have been completely shut down or remain severely limited, um, or they have family members that they had to go and take care of. And so um, you know, he, he talks about a, a few things here. And he, what he's getting down to is, you know, some people feel guilty when they leave the city. Uh, some people don't feel anything. But how should Christians think about this? Mm-hmm. He says, perhaps you live in a large city and are processing whether to leave. What is a good framework for thinking well about staying or leaving the city? And so he's got a few things here where he says, begin with grace, mm-hmm. calling and covenant, and then decisions in light of calling and covenant. I, I think Jimmy and I both, it sounds like so far, we both find this a little overly simplistic. Um, and, and, and reductionistic for processing this kind of a move. I, I do think it is. Uh, and I think it, it, all right. So when I'm negotiating, mm-hmm. uh, I always want to set the terms in my favor. Right. And I feel like as I'm, as I'm reading this, he's setting the terms in his favor. Right. Um, because he, he throughout the article talks about, uh, don't only leave for there's like comfort. Comfort, yeah. financial. I think there's a couple other. I'm sorry, I don't have them in front of me. Mm-hmm. I could, but I'm watching the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he says like the, you know. So that's why I'm saying I think it's overly simplistic because I actually don't. I actually agree with his terms. I actually agree with uh, the the grace, the overall grace, the overarching grace, and I actually agree with uh, covenant and calling. Um, but how you apply those, how you, how mm-hmm. I apply them are different, right? right? Because I still believe though, okay, covenant financial, uh, I have made a covenant with my wife yeah. 
that I would love her, care for her, and support her emotionally, spiritually, financially. Yeah. And if I cannot live in a place where I can work, then covenant dictates that I need to oh, find a place ahead. where I you're can You're getting go. ahead. You're getting right, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So slow down. All right. We've got to walk through it. Because i got a bunch of things here. Yeah. Because I want you to know something, Joe. Mm-hmm. Those categories of covenant and calling is why I'm still here. Yeah. Because without those two, that without those categories, I would have left Illinois already. Well, I would have left Illinois as well. Um, yeah. So See? yeah, I were under the same thing. So he says, okay, first of all, begin with grace, and um, and he's he's basically saying, listen, COVID nineteen, it's uh, it's brought on loss and weariness and burnout, like many of us have never before faced. None of us is practiced in pandemics. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all need heaps and heaps of grace. And if you have felt steamrolled in this season, or if it hasn't been the spiritual slam dunk, your favorite podcaster or pastor said it had the potential to be, there's mercy mercy on the other side. All of this is really good. So as he says, when it comes to the question of people moving during this year, it's possible that some have left for wrong reasons, driven by fear or comfort. That's a problem statement. All right. Well, go ahead and go go with that because I agree. Hold on. But seasons like this demand not inquisition on people's frailty, mm -hmm. but on... The giving and receiving of grace. So all of that's really good. Right, fear and comfort. Talk about it. Okay. Because so, I agree. I, I do think that was unfair. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, it's possible that some have left for wrong reasons. Stop. Yes. Um, okay. It, it would, there clearly are wrong reasons to move. Yes. Uh, for example, I'm going to move because I want to abandon my children in a parking lot. I'm going to leave them in the parking lot. I'm going to move out of state so nobody can find me. That would clearly be a wrong yeah, reason. Yeah. And, you know, a good reason to move is the progressive tax hike that they're going to be voting on <laughs> in Illinois. And then maybe I can move to Florida where it's Florida, a- well, You keep talking about Florida. Florida's awful. Florida is a whole. No, but you Florida's know what? a whole. When it comes to tax liability, when it comes to- Texas is better. Uh, no, Florida. Florida's not better. Florida. Florida's not better. No. I know tax. Don't listen to your lawyer. <laughs> Don't stop listening to your lawyer. Um, For tax planning purposes, okay, so here, here's, I need to set up residence in Florida. Okay, fine. Then buy a house and fine. stay Jeff here. Jeff Landon. Stay. Jeff Landon. Let's let, let's talk. Okay. All right. So, um, oh yeah. So um, he says some have left for wrong reasons, driven by fear or comfort. Um, it really depends, and he never really gets to unpack that. I think enough. So maybe he could explain yeah. it in a way that wouldn't bother me. But yeah, it's a pretty short article. Like, yeah. 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 It's uh. It, so okay. Fear of of what? Um, when the disciples fled areas. For fear of persecution, was that wrong? Oh, was it not their calling and their covenant? So, I mean, again, it's like, well, fe- okay, so fear, fear of what? I mean, I, I think, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it can be wrong if it's fear and comfort. Um, yeah, okay, so what, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, if comfort means, oh, what? Here in this tax bracket, I don't have college education for my kids, but in that ta- in that tax bracket, I do. Everybody I know where we live right here pays between seven and twelve thousand dollars a year in taxes on property taxes alone. Mm-hmm. Seven to twelve thousand dollars. Everybody I've talked to, yep. seven to twelve in ten years, it's a hundred grand. That's yeah, a lot of that's money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So um, let's just say uh, that uh, uh, you have to define comfort. So mm, little little squishy there. I'm not really comfortable with that. But okay, he says give people grace. Don't worry about it. Then he gets into calling and covenant, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And here. He says, this is the theological framework to help us decide whether to stay or go. Um, now, he says, a prevailing approach in our culture is to make big decisions using the categories of comfort and opportunity. Are you experiencing discomfort? Move on to comfort. Receive a bigger or better opportunity? Follow the open door. 
But for Christians, we have two deeper categories to consider, covenant and calling. Both can be over-spiritualized and simply used to serve our desires for comfort or opportunity, so we will need wisdom. Also good to say, but um, while I agree again that uh, calling and covenant are extremely important and may be the deeper categories to consider... um, well, I'm going to go a step further. I, I actually agree that I, I I think there are very important categories to consider. I didn't. That's exactly what I just said. So you're not going further. No, no, I'm going to go not, further than you. Didn't go further than and that's say exactly what that I, just I said. think that uh, it is key. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. So I, we're saying you know the same I'm, thing. I'm going to go a step further. Why don't you stop watching the game? I'm going to go and a step further. Watching me. Look at my I'm eyes. Watching you. I'm okay. looking at your eyes. I'm gonna, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm locking your I'm eyes. Lock, nope. You just look down. <laughs> I'm locking eyes on you now, son. They were lining up. I had to see what was going on. All right. So, but again, it's the opportunity yeah there's opportunity nothing wrong for what? there's nothing wrong with opportunity opportunity for what it depends he, what the opportunity is the, to sell crack that's bad yeah but you know he's not the traffic saying that. no but you know he's not saying that no, no no he's not saying that. i know you he's know, not saying I know, but I, you know he's saying that an opportunity for a better job better financial opportunity that's not wrong i agree better outcome for the children so that's, better that's outcome my for point the family. i'm saying like there are clear there, you can biblically determine it's wrong to do this as an opportunity because scripture says that's sin. If somebody else is saying like, no, you're using this as an opportunity to make more money, that's a sin. You can't establish that. That's not that. a sin. That's not a sin. Now, it could be a sin in somebody's per, uh, personal life, but it would be so subjective. It, you couldn't possibly make that a rule or a norm for everybody. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I'm not buying that. And I think this is where... There is, and again, John, you're cool. I like you, man. I follow your stuff. I just think this is the kind of, not that John's listening to this, but this is the kind of thing. Oh, when I tag him, he will. (laughs) Great. Thanks a lot. (laughs) I think John's short. Is he short? He looks. I don't know him. I don't know him. I've said this multiple times. I think if you and I and him were to stand, he would probably be your height. No, I'm taller. I don't know, but he's definitely not taller than you. I'll say that. He might be taller than me. I have no idea who he is. But I just I, I I'm pushing back on some of what you are feel saying. Bad. I'm wondering if he he doesn't follow you. No, 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 no. I'm wondering if he might not be the one. Okay, so, I'm wondering if he was the one that sent me a message when I went to New York and invited me to service. Get out! Of I here. don't think that was him though. Nah. No, not to speak. No, but I had put of course out, not. But I had a. Thing. You <laughs> think I thought that? What's wrong with you, Jimmy? <laughs> I had put out a thing like, "Hey, had new, you know New York looking for a church." All right, so he talks about covenant and calling. Let's talk about these things. Um, he says calling can feel nebulous, but Christ calls us to obedience, which has a wide, which has wide ranging implications for our finances, vocations, relationships, and time. True. Uh, what does allegiance to Christ look like in these areas? It certainly means I can't follow every opportunity. If there are tasks or opportunities you always say yes to because you. You think that's how you'll get ahead, or if your life with Christ never closes doors, then you're likely thinking in terms of opportunity rather than calling. This sounds honestly like a bunch of mishmush. No, I, I agree. I, 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 I disagree. I, I I don't agree with John on this. I, I don't. I don't agree. Again, John, I, listen. If anybody knows what it's like to write uh, unclear stuff in a short, uh, in, a, in a few words, is me. In booklets. Yeah. Okay, all of my stuff is written short, Pamphlets, and yeah. it's not, you know. So. Um, I'm not dogging you for this, but I just, it just doesn't, it's not clear enough. I just don't agree with what I can make sense of it here. I wish he had a longer article, right? I, I really do. I Usually wish, I, we want people to shorten it up because they're wasting words, but, I but think, not with I, this. But I think, yeah, he's making a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. with his, with his word choice. Yeah. And it's way to it. You used the word earlier, nebulous. Mm-hmm. You want to define nebulous for people, Jimmy? First of all, you use the word and I didn't ask you to define it. No, but, I know, because you know. I know how to define my words. Oh, then share your word. Nebulous. 
means hazy. Unclear. See? Mm-hmm. Unclear. Okay. I wouldn't have used the word hazy, but yes, thank uh, you. Well, I just used hazy because I just looked it up. Oh, um, did you? I was like, I wouldn't use the word <laughs> hazy, but okay. All right. So but I guess I should have. So, but, but, but he's right in that, you know, calling does speak to an important part of the Christian life. And I'll go so far as to say, God calls you to a local church. He mm-hmm. calls you to a vocation. He calls you to all kinds of things. And, he, and, and I'll go a step further that he calls you to a local church. Stop saying you go call, further. <laughs> not going any further. I'm just saying. You stop saying. He calls you to a church. <laughs> I was sitting here waiting for yeah. an opportunity. <laughs> but, but here's another thing. I believe, okay, so for example, we just had some really sweet people move on from our church, right? Um, to another church. And they're going to a good church and they're good people and I love them and all that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And all that, yeah. And, and, and all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I, I genuinely do. I consider them friends. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so now. <laughs> now that I got that out of the way. Yeah, now I got, finally. Um, they were called to our church. Yeah. Okay. And now they're going to another church. They that, yeah. that that does not mean in my mind, even though they left our church, it doesn't mean that they are disobeying the calling of God. Nope. Yeah. Now they might be. God has called them to, to that another church. church. Yep. I agree. I agree. I mean, like, come on. I I'll, I can get behind that. Callings uh, shift and they develop over time. Mm. Callings in some situations are temporal. You know, they're just like it's for a period yeah. of time. Yeah. Yeah. You might be called. Okay. So a guy's called to pastoral ministry when he retires. Was he breaking the calling? He's like, he's 70 mm. years old. Did Tim Keller just finally like, oh, he, he's not a pastor anymore. I thought he was called to be a pastor. Well, it's like these callings come to an end. Don't golf clap me. No, well done. Okay. Well done. No, mm. I. That was... Medium rare, please. <laughs> All right. So calling, I do think is important. Like you're called to this church. And look, we would say this. You are called to this church. So leaving the church is an important, serious matter. You need to, you need to weigh that. Yeah. You need to pray yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. Yep. You want to get counsel and all that's fine. But. You can leave your church. Calling isn't going to... Uh, I think he's pitting calling against these other things. I don't think it's fair. All right, covenant. I agree. Covenant. Uh, this is the category through which the Christians act in love. Covenant is sacrificial. It often causes discomfort because it's a thick relationship rather than a thin one. I like that. Uh, you've probably had to ask for and grant forgiveness multiple times in a covenant relationship, yep. especially yep. Jimmy. Covenant prioritizes yeah, true. longer-term growth and maturity withstanding up and down seasons together rather than tenuous relationships that can break at the slightest pressure. Mm. He says there's a significant caveat here about spiritually abusive situations, but that's a bit beyond the focus of this article. By the way, that's where a lot of people are getting triggered. Because a lot, so. a lot of what he's saying here is, is reminiscent. What, yeah. is what's, do you want to define reminiscent for us, Jimmy? It reminds me okay, of a time when I was in a church with leadership that would use this sort of language yep. to maintain me and tell me I had to stay here and right. it'd be a sin for me to disagree with them and to go somewhere else. Now, we know that that's not what John is saying. That's not what John is saying. That is, John, we know you're not saying that, but that's why people are triggered. And then you're like, when you say here, like, oh, we don't really have time to get into that. That's why. And of course, you can't anticipate. And this is a short blog post. What are you going to do? You can't do everything. Um. So, okay, so this idea of, of covenant, right? He says, um, when discomfort comes through challenging circumstances, financial strain, school districts, distance from family, covenant keeps us tied together longer than relationships or mere convenience or comfort. I think it's just a fine statement. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that if, okay, it doesn't mean that financial strain, school districts, and or distance from family are bad reasons to go. Yeah, yeah. But I, it does mean that, yeah, the covenant aspect of this, like you're called to a church, you've covenanted with these people, then yeah, the, the decision to leave should not be done flippantly. We, so we would agree with that part. 
Absolutely. I mean, uh, I was, you know, alluding to at the beginning. Um, I mean, I've thought often about should I leave, right? right? Uh, I, 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 as much as I love Illinois, you know, and there's some aspects of it that I love, I, I, I can't stand the taxes. I can't stand, um, well, there's a lot of politically and financial, you know, motivations behind it. Um, but in the end, for Michelle and I, we feel, we, we sense that we are called to be here, mm-hmm. right? We sense that we are called to be where we are at, at the church that we are at. And we have covenanted, like we actually do believe that we are, um, it's not at this point in time, it's, I can't move, right? I feel like this is where God has placed us and this is where God wants us. And until such a time, you know, this is yeah. where we're going to be at, right? We've said the same thing. Like, I want to live and die here, not because I love Illinois, but because I love Redeemer Fellowship. Yeah. Right? Yep. I, don't, I don't love Illinois like that. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with where we live because that's how you should if you live in the world. Um, but it, the only way we're leaving is if God calls me somewhere else. And mm-hmm. Or the progressive tax comes in, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think that, what was I saying? Uh, you got, you got me all phone with the progressive tax thing. What are you going to do with and It's called that? the fair tax. So what, don't call it what progressive. Are you, what are you going to do with that? Call it fair tax. What are you going to do with that? It ain't going to pass. You watch. You know, I, never mind. I was about to go all political. I was about to talk about, you know, you know, the six out of like the 10 largest families in Illinois. Do you know their last name? Pritzker. Do you really think it's going to go through? <laughs> or have they already set up their tax havens in Wisconsin? And, I would imagine yeah. the latter, actually. And yeah. Florida. It really could pass because we have another, like, no, but nobody cares about this. So um, when we're back on this, uh, this article here, he gets into uh, making decisions in light of calling and covenant. He says, the gospel compels us to allow calling and covenant to drive our decisions. It's good. This doesn't mean that these dynamics always force us to stay put. Calling and covenant drove Abraham and Sarah out of the city of Ur. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's all good. Um, covenant often means enduring discomfort and calling often means losing opportunities. Sure. But you know what? Calling also oftentimes means gaining opportunities. Mm-hmm. So still, he says, it's important to remember that nothing on this side of heaven is permanent. Churches shouldn't be cultish in calling for absolute permanent commitments. John, this is where I think you you gain some ground. Yeah. Because yeah, people you need you need to hit on that more earlier. Yeah, because up until then, like people are getting triggered. But this is good. Pastors and church leaders in transient cities uh, should have the emotional maturity to speak about covenant and calling in ways that don't provoke fear, guilt, or shame when people consider and move. Uh, one of our church planters uh, is in uh, where's that? Evanston. Super tramp. People are there for mm-hmm, a short period of time mm-hmm. and they're moving on. So he's cycled through a couple hundred for sure, more than that, uh, over these few years. And uh, But he still has a small number of people. So that's really good. Many of us have made life decisions for selfish rather than sacrificial reasons. Perhaps we've moved on when we should have stayed. Repentance and grace are the only ways for us to maneuver through this fallen world toward maturity and perseverance. As I was grieving a leaving friend, someone wiser than me said, I think it's fair to believe everyone is doing the best they can while also wishing some people did better. I think that's probably true. And that sentiment at the end makes it sound like this is less of an article and more of a journal entry, more of Mm. like, these are some thoughts that I'm having right now. And maybe if he would have begun with that, and, and and sort of added some qualifiers in the front end, people would have been able to process with them a little bit better because, um, yeah, I, I, sure, we've all made life decisions for selfish reasons rather than sacrificial reasons. Uh, 
it, that certainly stands to be true. But when you're starting to get into some of these issues about, you know, moving and uh, like, when is it okay to leave and, and all of that, that very quickly becomes uh, controlling and manip manipulative by churches. I mean, you've experienced it. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I saw the pastor I sat under for years. If somebody wanted to leave the church because they didn't agree with uh, the way he was leading, his leadership style, the way that he was conducting himself, he would simply flat out say, it's sinful for you to go to another church. You made a covenant here. Mm. You, unless you move, you can't do it. And so um, obviously we don't take that. All this to say, there are more than two things to consider before moving out of the city. There's a whole host of things to consider, right? Yeah. You got to consider your family's needs, uh, what's going to be best for you and your family spiritually. Are you going to be able to provide for your family? Are you going to be able mm -hmm. to bless others with this move? Are you going to be able to be a part of a good local church? Yeah. Um, Tax implications. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair tax. is so unfair. It, I don't dude, know what it, it is about. so on my mind. Yeah. For no, real. it's bad. And I'm not even, listen, I do okay. You know I am. But I ain't even where it. I, I just can't even, I can't fathom. Nobody's like, going to stick around, man. People no, are not going to stick around no in Illinois. One. There's going to be like California. No. Why would I stay here? You don't even, and you know what? Illinois, you don't even have the ocean or Hollywood. Even that, I don't care about Hollywood. I could, if I had the ocean, if I had the ocean and a beach and the sun, I'd be like, okay. That, yeah, you think so. But in California, they're all leaving. I know. That's why I go to Florida and get the beach and the sun. Oh, and the so <laughs> gross. Florida <laughs> smells, man. You ever been to Florida? Yeah. 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 It's like, I don't know. It feels like Florida is the wet shoe of America. That's what it is. It's the That's wet. Fair. It's the wet shoe. That's fair. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather go to Tennessee. Yeah. I'll do like Nashville. Okay. I could I could do Nashville. That's not bad. I like that. Is that urban enough, everybody? <laughs> I'm not abandoned in the city. If I go to Nashville. <laughs> well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can mm. follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, drfortune.com. They can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast. You can go to the store, joefostore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. So a blog post sometimes on Wednesdays and then videos on Fridays. Later. Chicka chicka what? <laughs> <laughs>